Hi guys, I am so excited to bring you today an author who wrote this fabulous book. But before I tell you who it is and what the book's about, I want you to be open-minded because this is a motivational real estate and business show. And what we talk about on today's show will help you in your business if you have an open heart. We're gonna be talking about God, not religion, has nothing to do with religion, so don't turn off. But please watch it because you know we all have love in our hearts. And for me, it you know was partly by discovering God. You know, existed in my own personal life. And the gentleman is uh, Brian Russell, and his book is How Sitting Quietly in God's Presence Can Change Your Life. And I 100% agree with almost everything that he has to say. I only say almost because you know we're all each our own. And uh, so we'll see what you guys think. But I hope you enjoy today's show, and I'd welcome any feedback because this is not about religion, you guys. Don't turn off. It's about God and, you know, he, or source or whatever you guys relate to and want to call yourself. Okay, so enjoy. Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, health, and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. If you have any questions and are watching us live on our Facebook page, you can comment and we will do our best to answer while we are live on the show, so do not be shy. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains. Hello, this is Rebecca Hidalgo Rains with Grateful Heart TV coming to you today. Super excited to share with you. I have a wonderful business coach, author, and his name is Brian Russell, who's going to come on momentarily to talk to us about his book and his services and how he helps small businesses elevate their level of business by incorporating some spirituality, which obviously sings my tune because I'm all about spirituality and incorporating it into business, therefore, grateful heart. So as I say that, welcome to our show, Brian Russell. How are you today? I am fantastic, Rebecca. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your show today. I am so excited to have you on the show because as I read your wonderful novel, um, How Sitting Quietly in God's Presence Can Change Your Life, it really struck a chord with me personally from my own personal story. And I thought, oh my goodness, what a wonderful opportunity to share with other like-minded entrepreneurs and small business owners, how when you tap into your spirituality, some wonderful, wonderful things may happen for you business-wise. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, no, ab absolutely. Um, life is really about spirituality, whether we're, we realize it or not. And so, yeah, I'm just so happy to have the opportunity to share this stuff with you today and with the, with the audience. That's awesome. So real quick, I just want to show our audience the book of uh, the book that we're going to be talking about today is Centering Prayer, Sitting Quietly in God's Presence Can Change Your Life. And what I really loved about it, Brian, is this section here where it talks about rediscover God's love for yourself and others in the core of your being. And it, it I've never actually heard the term. I'm going to come back to you. I've never actually heard the term centering prayer. Can you please explain what that means? Because here I thought I was 
you know, pretty in tune spiritually. I do pray when I go to bed at night. I do meditate in the morning as often as possible when I wake up, but I've never heard of centering prayer before. So share that with me, please, and those who are listening. Yeah, centering prayer is essentially silent meditative prayer. So you might think of it even as Christian meditation, which a lot of times people don't associate meditation with Christianity. Christianity. Mm -hmm. And centering prayer itself, the word has just been around or the phrase for about 50 years. It comes out of the Roman Catholic Church, uh, some um, some monks, um, some some of the listeners may have heard of a famous American monk and writer, Thomas Merton. Mm-hmm. It's the it's it's his his order in the 1960s. They noticed a lot of Catholics were learning to do transcendental meditation and Ooh. other Eastern forms of meditation, mm-hmm. and they're sitting up in the monastery thinking, "Wow, we're losing all of these uh, Roman Catholics to Eastern practices, and we have." this wonderful meditation technique. And so they repackage it. It used to be called contemplative prayer. Okay. Uh, and they've, they came up with the name centering prayer and just created a method though. So in a sense, it's the centering prayer itself is about 50 years old, but it goes all the way back to the earliest centuries of, of Christianity where really zealous men and women renounced everything and went out into deserted places these were would have been the people that started the monasteries that you know that still stand to this day Mm -hmm. and uh, it's a again it's just a it's silent meditative prayer so instead of using words to pray to god you just sit in silence and And your thoughts more about that and your thoughts come through so uh, you know what's really cool to me and i want to share this next is my own story and how much related as i opened up your cover of your book and the very first line, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so perfect for my show. And so let me scroll over. I did share this with you a little bit yesterday. Oops, Yeah, Fry should not allow me to take control. Um, so right there, this is an Instagram post that I posted going on now three years ago, almost to the date. And it was really interesting, Brian. I had um, in that post shared, I woke up two nights in a row at 3.16. I don't feel like by coincidence and I'm not uberly religious. I shared with you yesterday, my family is Mormon. I was raised Mormon. I married a Catholic first and then I married another Catholic after I divorced the first Catholic. So Rebecca doesn't, you know, follow any religion per se, but I do certainly have a big love of God. And what I, what I have found is when I posted that three years ago, I was already kind of on my own. Well, I was on my own spiritual awakening as a result of some, trauma that happened in 2016 to me. This episode is not about my story, but it's about yours. And so what I have to bring up is, do you mind sharing what you shared in your book and your intro about, because what I'm finding is there is definitely not a coincidence, but almost every person I'm interviewing, we all have our stories. And most of them involve a certain point in time or a certain thing that happened to us that made us maybe wake up and kind of question, what are we doing here? Right. Yeah. And when I read yours, I'm like, oh, my gosh, first off, he starts off with 316, which, you know, that is a very powerful scripture, obviously, for those people who follow the Bible. Um, but maybe we can start with with you and what what led you down this path of sharing your spirituality. Yeah. Again, thank you. And yeah, in my 
my day job, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a business coach and stuff, but for the past um, 23 years, I've had the, the privilege of being a, a professor at a seminary, which means I actually train pastors for, uh, for ministry. And, and I've been a pastor of several churches myself over the years, though I'm not um, you know, presently leading a, a church. And so what happened to me is uh, in 2010, uh, I kind of hit a lot of my targets. I was full tenured professor. I was starting to get some really good speaking engagements. Things looked like they were going really well, but literally, and I, again, I could, looking back, I should have seen it coming, but uh, I hit my 20 year anniversary in my first marriage. And then literally like <laughs> within a month, my marriage is just flat out over. And uh, my former wife literally moved on with another person. Oh, wow. I had to take care of my um, children, uh, two, two ch- young daughters at the time. They were nine and 11 at mm-hmm. the time. Um, uh, and so I got, went into complete free fall because here I was, I was a really devout, fully committed um, a Christian the best that I could. I tried to do all the things that you should have done. Um, you know, I'm teaching in a seminary and boom. And all of a sudden I'm massively single. I'm terrified. I'm, you know, I'm going to lose the kids that I'm right. going to be bankrupt, that I'm going to lose my job, all the things that I'd worked for. And uh, again, completely seared the insides out of myself. So I literally went from being like all in for God to not feeling anything, anything. which, yeah, which is typical, I mean, of, of a, the real grief process. And then right. to kind of speed the, the story along here. So like, you know, that was been like September of 2010. And so in the spring, obviously, I'm actually going through the formal court mm-hmm. divorce stuff, which is, you know, awful if anybody's ever experienced that. Yeah, right here. I've been and there. Yeah, that's right. I would just say that, but no fun. We don't recommend Mm-mm. that to anybody, even if the outcome can be really good sometimes, like there, it ends up being in my case. But at the time, I mean, I'm just freaking out because sure. I don't know what you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and one of my friends told me, Hey, Brian, you sound like you're losing your mind. I mean, folks probably notice I talk fast anyway. So I'm really talking fast, apparently, back when this happened. And so I go for this walk. And during the walk, I just kind of looked up and all of a sudden the whole world froze like for a split second, heard a bird singing, mm. which again, I'm an academic. So I live most of my life in my head. Sure. And so all of a sudden here I'm, I'm fully present. I'm seeing leaves on trees. I see flowers. I can smell them. I'm hearing this bird sing. And I had this kind of mystical experience where I really just sensed a massive amount of God's love for me, even or even despite the fact that I was in a horrible pain. Uh, my faith was in tatters. I was terrified, felt shame and guilt. And yet out of the blue, I just got this blast of love. Mm-hmm. And I consider that kind of my crash course into really deep, even deeper than I'd ever experienced. Cause I was, I think I was 41 at the time. So I just, I'd been in church my whole life and I had sure. this incredible spiritual experience. And so I, I, that sort of signaled to me, it's like, you know what, I'm going to get through this. Mm-hmm. And instead of being bitter about everything, I'm just going to embrace a process of being better. And I wanted to come out of this at 2.0 or 3.0 version of of myself. And so I just at that moment, just like, okay, I'm just going to trust. And again, my life didn't instantly get better at all. In fact, it got worse even after that, just for a little while. But I just opened myself up to like, you know, God, just whatever on the inside of me 
um, led me to this point right here. Mm -hmm. I want completely cleaned out and I want to open myself up to whatever transforming work you can still do. And that led me to, to into contemplative practices like this centering prayer. I, I got into that just a year or so after the event I just described, sure. but, but I started looking for those kind of tools. And so I used um, kind of ancient journaling practices in the centering prayer as um, chief catalyst to this healing journey that I went on that I wrote about in the book yes. and that literally turned into my coaching business because I found that the experiences that I had that I could help people mm -hmm. people were interested in some of the insights and so this all just kind of comes off of um, a really horrible thing that happened to me a ter you know just an awful end of uh, my first marriage um, and just that terror shame guilt fear that I experienced. Um, so that's, I mean, that might've been a longer answer than you wanted, but no, that's a little background. That's, that is actually the answer I was looking for. Being that I have two daughters myself, went through a divorce, like everything you're talking about certainly resonates with me. And I'm sure most people listening, whether they've been divorced or not, can certainly think of a breakup, to certainly think of something that really devastated them, like what you went through. And, and that was actually, um, I have to scroll over, from the intro, it was as though my world shifted from black and white to color. Centering prayer nourishes my soul so that I can live as an ambassador of God's abundant love. And when I when I read those words from your book, I thought, wow, you know, because it, for me, that was the same. I mean, we all have different things that happen to us in our lives, right? But yeah. whether we choose to pick ourselves up or not is a whole different story. You know, there's a lot of people going through life playing the victim role and, you know, woe is me, this happened to me, this happened to me. And I just said yesterday to my daughter who just turned 18, she's my youngest, and uh, we were just talking about life in general. We, you know, like everybody has stories and I had shared with her, I'm like, well, you know what, honey, hurt people hurt people. That's just as yes. simple as that. And so if we're a bunch of hurt people just walking around kind of like bumper cars bumping into each other, it's gonna be a lot of casualties. But as we heal, our job, and I, this is the part that really struck to me, the words that you used about being the ambassador of love. Our job is once we heal, and I think this is really the crux of what your book is about, is we want everybody else to feel as good as we do, right? And so we wanna share what got us there. And your story really did resonate so much. And I really wanna hit home on one thing. Let me scroll over so I don't forget. Uh, to finish, centering prayer nourishes my soul so that I can live as an ambassador of God's abundant love to equip and empower you to practice it as a means to growing in love for God, neighbor, and self. And so what I thought was really interesting, and I'd love to deep, dig a little bit deeper into chapter 10, the great commandments and the four loves. Do you mind if we take a few minutes? I know I... I know you used to be a pastor and you're not right now and we're focusing on coaching entrepreneurs and that is what I want people to know about. But ultimately, when I was reading through your book, I understood the love of self because I do believe that's like the number one. We have to heal ourselves, right? Before we can actually give of ourselves. But yes. the last, the fourth point, I did get a little lost, Brian, and I'd love for you to educate me this morning along with our listeners on those four loves. Can you share that and kind of help walk me through what you were talking about in chapter 10 of your book? 
Yeah, and and part of uh, of of that was just the interesting thing when I looked at my own life because again I, I've been a seminary professor, I have a PhD in biblical studies, mm-hmm. I've studied theology for years. I mean, I've read a gazillion books, and and somehow I made it into my forties, <clears throat> understanding that I was supposed to love God and that I was supposed to love neighbor, but I missed the memo that that all had to flow out of a profound ability to love myself because That's the way so that I had processed religion up to that point. Uh, and again, I'm kind of sad to say this. I've been a pastor and preached all kinds of sermons at this point is um, I had made the mistake of equating that with like narcissism and selfishness. And mm-hmm. so it was always about sacrifice yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, and again, there's part of the the religious method messages. We're here to serve other people, but that has to come out of the position of strength that we can serve other people because we know how much we're loved and that we're profoundly valuable. So this four love things, this actually has deeper. See, this comes from a um, uh, Bernard of Clairvaux, who was a, a medieval monk. And it's either the 11th century or the 10th century, maybe the 12th. I can't always remember. But um, he has a little book that you can look up on Google. I think it's just called The Four Loves. And he talked about growth in these four different levels, and they are interesting because mm-hmm. the first one and the fourth one almost sound exactly the same, but it's the key shift that takes and, place. And that's right? what tripped me up a little bit as yeah, I was reading, yeah. and I knew I needed you to explain it to me better. Yeah, and, and this is where this can be helpful for business people, too, because the, the, the key, I mean, and you've, I mean I've, mm-hmm. I've looked up some of the stuff. I mean, you have a very successful real estate practice, and you talked about the spiritual shift that you made. Um, the, the, you know, the key is it's all always about serving other mm-hmm. people uh, ethically. Absolutely. And if we do that, I mean, the abundance can just flow into our lives. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem is most people, and you could call this sin, we don't have to, but I mean, I think just observing human behavior, most of us are profoundly selfish and we want to grasp stuff for ourselves. So the first level of love is you know we love ourselves for the sake of ourselves as though we're the most important person in the world we're that little baby that thinks for the rest of our lives either mom or dad's gonna come and just do everything that we want whenever (laughs) we cry right so you know so so that's where we all start but Mm -hmm. the the spiritual life then you know you know if you open yourself up um you can encounter god and again we're not gonna i'm not here to evangelize anybody but um you can engage god and this next level of love is a lot of times we engage god for what god can do for us right so it's still slightly Mm -hmm. selfish in the sense that you know i you know i love god because god just gives me everything or whatever god's like santa claus or whatever you want to think it and then the third level, and this is where most people stop, and right. we're, and I did for most of my life, mm-hmm. is we love God for who God is. And that's where you get deep into, you know, religious practices sure. and, and, you know, whatever person, uh, uh, wherever the audience is. I mean, you're just living your religion for the sake of God. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that most people think that's the highest, but then there's a fourth level Bernard de Clairvaux said, and this is the part that tripped mm-hmm. you up because it sounds like the first. It does. It's, it's, it's loving God for this or loving ourselves. Sorry, I said it wrong. Loving ourselves. We're back to self-love for God's sake. And the say depth that, of Say spirit, that again, because that's loving, a, that is actually yeah. a huge concept that yeah. um, it's it's not the selfishness that, you know, you no. first started off with number one. That, you know, a lot of people assume self-care could be assumed as that. 
So say yeah. number four the way that you intended, and let's let's just yeah. marinate on that for a moment. Yeah, it's loving ourselves for God's sake. Okay, let's expound so, upon that. Loving ourselves so, for God's sake. Yeah, so that's different than loving myself for my own sake, which is just, that's the baby that just cries, sure. that expects everything to be handed to. Instead, um, the highest level of love, uh, Bernard de Clairvaux would say, and I, and I actually agree with this, I put it in my book, is I'm going to love myself because of God. In other words, I s understand that love is the ultimate force in the universe mm -hmm. and that God is love. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm 100% loved by God, <clears throat> all of me, the good parts of me, the, the frightened parts, the hurt parts, the traumatized stuff. I'm completely loved by God. Mm -hmm. And when I see myself that way, I can get out of my own way and I can truly accept myself fully, be comfortable in my skin and show up in the world as God's ambassador, ambassador of abundance. Yes, yeah. I knew you were going to yeah. say that. And, and it's so true because when your heart is full, you can give back so much more. And I know you, you, you haven't been on the show yet, but hopefully you'll watch the show when it's over because my intro song is you get what you give. Oh, and so I good. firmly believe that a hundred thousand percent. So I want to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back because I want to finish this discussion and Hold on guys, I promise it'll be super quick. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century already. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for your realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. However, my experience doesn't matter nearly as much as my clients' experience. I dare you to Google me. You'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Hi, my name is Rob Sell. I'm with Sell Home Inspections. Been doing home inspections in the Valley for about 20 years. I do a variety of home inspections from new builds, resale, commercial, multifamily units, fourplexes, duplexes, and even on up from there. I can be reached at 602-908-7355. Again, 602-908-7355. Thank you and I appreciate it. I look forward to hearing from you. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602-741-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. 
Realtor recommended for over 20 years. Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today, 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Lawyer's Title is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest group of title insurance underwriters, Lawyer's Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone, ask a realtor or loan officer today about using Lawyer's Title on your next real estate transaction. Lawyer's Title is a member of the Fidelity National Financial Family. Okay, we're back from commercial break. Wasn't that a quick commercial break, Brian? I knew I knew you thought that was really fast. So at this point, I need to throw on my glasses because we were talking about God earlier. And you know, it's interesting, as I've gone on my own spiritual awakening journey, I have explored religions and I have explored spirituality in, in the context of mysticism and, and every other form because I'm a firm believer that if you can find your way, and there's a gazillion ways, your way to be healed, then you can live in a state of grace and give back the love that you feel. And it has nothing to do with religion, in my opinion. I know you and I could probably debate that for a long time after the show's not recording. But ultimately, where I want to go with this is the actual practice of centering prayer. And yeah. what I really appreciate is that you've already got some questions outlined for me that I want to go over because I think they're really poignant and very good. How God uses silence and solitude to help us grow spiritually. What is silent meditative or centering prayer and how is it different from other forms of prayer? And I don't think that we really covered the difference because I know I have personally, I have a couple of girlfriends, one in particular where she's spent all morning praying. As I'm driving here, she actually sent me a copy of a prayer. She really struggled yesterday and she does find um, peace and love in her solitude. She lives a very solitude life. And that's okay because each, you know, to each his own. So where, where I'm going with this is I have asked her in the past and I'd love to hear your response on this because in the beginning for me, I didn't know really the difference between meditation and prayer. And so now yeah. you've got a book titled Centering Prayer, which almost sounds like a hybrid of the two. So can you expound upon that a little bit? Yeah. And centering prayer, again, because it's, it's, it comes out of the Christian tradition. So the assumption is when you're sitting in silence doing the meditation, you're in the presence of a divine being. Um, so, and so, because some forms of meditation, and again, I'm not passing any judgments no, on these not. things, are, are more of, just kind of looking internally mm -hmm. for the God that's within. Mm -hmm. And obviously as a Christian, I think I have a soul and such, but the, the, the difference in why you can call it prayer is even though you don't use words or feelings, you're, you're sitting with the expectation that you're sitting in God's presence, someone that that's something that's external to ourselves, something bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's where the prayer part comes in. Now, in the, the fact of the matter is centering prayer is, and some of your listeners, some of our listeners today will be um, familiar with like um, mindfulness-based sure. um, um, meditation. meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, that, that comes and its roots are in the Buddhist tradition. Um, and, and if you've ever done the training for mindfulness or Vipassana, I think is the, the technical word for it is um, you're sitting in silence and what do you do? You, you, you essentially just pay attention really carefully to the breath going into your nose. And like mm -hmm. I, you know, I've sat in a, in a mindfulness class and so you literally just breathe through your nose 
and you notice when it's the air flowing into your nostrils. And, right. and that's literally, that's what breaks up your thought stream because whenever you realize you're lost in thought, they always say, just go back, back to, to your breathing. breath. Mm -hmm. um, so centering prayer is very similar to that because you know the astonishing thing when you learn how to meditate, a lot of people mistakenly think it means your brain goes blank. Well, mine's never gone blank no. except for maybe a split second right. or something like that. And so what it really is, it's about getting, having this really interesting experience where you sort of learn how to see yourself thinking, if you want to say that, or you experience yourself thinking and you get this weird thing. It's like, okay, wait a second. I can see myself thinking. So who am I really? Right. I'm, right. I'm different than my thoughts. And the, the process of centering prayer is when you find yourself in a thought, mm -hmm. which you will most of the time, you use a prayer word like, um, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm, this is a Christian practice. I usually use Jesus, but you can say God or love or hope or peace. You mm -hmm. pick a really short word. So you're not using a mantra. You're not focusing on your breath. But when you find yourself on the thought, you know, like I just say to myself, I do it with my eyes closed. I'm just quietly and it's like Jesus. And when I say that, that just stops the thought just for a split second. Mm -hmm. And that's the entire practice and the hope is obviously that in moments you'll have this really transcendent experience where you're encountering the divine outside of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. and, and, and usually when that happens, what it comes, what it feels like, and you get have to be careful because you can't describe these experiences, but no. in a sense, it really feels like you're just running straight into a bank of love, like a cloud of love that you'll run into that is just transformational. So that that's the kind of goal. Now, that doesn't happen every single no. time. It may not even happen most times. And a lot, you know, and a lot of times you know, I'll do certain prayer for 20 minutes and I just end up using my prayer word over and over again. But that's inherently helpful mm -hmm. because it just it's like flexing our muscles and exercise we're doing we're breaking ourselves out of our thoughts and just basically saying every time i use the prayer word i'm saying hey god i'm here waiting for you i mean so that that's kind of what the practice looks like it's super beautiful and as you were speaking i just kept feeling like it's like your heart and i i personally have had this experience so it's like for me anyhow it was like my heart was just exploding you know it just yeah. growing and growing and i just uh, you know therefore grateful heart is why yes. my show is named what it is because when i Love found my, i basically turned my grief into gratitude and once i lived every day thanking god for everything that i've had my business exploded and i was not focusing on my business but that was the result of living in that state of grace as much as possible. I'm far from perfect, trust me. And I make mistakes all the time, but I have definitely seen a huge change in my life. And that is the change that I'm trying to help others. You know, it's to me, it's all about healing. And we all have had trauma, whether it's from a divorce or whether it was childhood related or what have you, that a lot of us are just walking around, bumping into each other, hurting each other because we haven't healed ourselves. Um, so that said, you have some wonderful tools and things that you do teach and coach about. One of them, namely, is your journaling practice. Can you share yeah, with us yeah. what you recommend when it comes to journaling? I'm assuming you do yours every morning as you get up as part of your centering prayer practice, correct? 
Yeah, I do. And and I my journaling practice is um is a way of actually enveloping the entire day or bracketing it. So I have a morning practice and an evening practice. And this takes uh, literally, I mean, you can do it as long as you want, but sure. it's uh, most days it's three to five minutes, both pieces. Mm-hmm. And it's super powerful and it relates exactly to what you just uh, said. So the centering prayer practice is a, a practice without words. Um, and I always, I do that first. And then when I'm done, I'll, I'll open up my journal and I literally have it right here. So folks can even, you know, see what I do. I do. And I've kept these for years. So it's like, I, I literally have journals Everywhere. back to when I was in high school, <laughs> but, but, but I have um, my healing journal mm-hmm. journeys all in the journal since like when, the, since 2010, I've been doing it. this practice and, and, and it's, it's real simple and entrepreneurs are going to find this super helpful because what we're talking about, yeah. and you shared it yourself. When you open yourself up to love, um, your life actually gets really big because love pushes all the garbage out of the inside of you. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, we thousand well, percent agree. Com- no, no, I could yeah. thousand percent agree with you, yeah. Brian, because I saw the yeah. whole change in my light. My light's a lot brighter than it used to be as a result of the love I carry around with me all day long for the people I encounter and interact yeah. with. This, it's the whole reason behind Grateful Heart TV. Yeah, well, I I love that. I even love what I love what you said already, and 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 it's it's um, and the journaling practice then starts with something you've already you already said, Rebecca. It's gratitude. So I always write down right at the beginning of every day when I'm coming out. I do the centering prayer. I have coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then my my wife and I do the first centering prayer session together. So we do 20 minutes in silence, and then I do journaling. So this is all taking place within basically 30 or 40 minutes of waking up every day. Mm-hmm. And the journaling practice. In the morning, it's five things I'm grateful for. There's nothing really unique about that, but it, you know, as it listeners is. may know, since you talk about it, gratitude is so powerful, so powerful. because you, you can't be unhappy, you can't Mm-mm. be angry, you can't be anything other than grateful. And so what I always say is write down five things you're grateful for, but be descriptive and feel it in your heart mm-hmm. before you write it down. I mean, you can just write down, I'm you know grateful to be alive, but feel it before you write it down. Mm-hmm. And so that just opens us up. And then the second thing I suggest everybody does every morning is, and this is what really helped heal me mm-hmm. um, beyond the centering prayers. I wrote down every day after I did the gratitude, what's bothering me? So I would notice stiffness in my body Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, post-divorce, I just felt terrible. And so I just decided, it's like, you know what? I'm going to figure out if I can unclog all the pain in my life. And so I just owned it, right? And so um, I would just write down, you know, what do I think's bothering me? And you just spend a minute or two, just, and this is usually the longest part, like what's really Mm -hmm. bothering me? And then, you know, like what else? And just try to get underneath sensations in your body, a thought that's bothering you, a pain that you have, something that you're afraid of. Just write it down because basically when you're writing it down, you're releasing it yes. and or you might even say you're praying it. You're like writing a you're prayer getting it down. Out. Yeah. Yeah. But you just you dump it out. And then mm-hmm. and I write down, you know, what would make today a great day? And so I do that every morning. So gratitude, what's bothering me? What would make today great? And then Guess I go what? out and I, you're going to have that great day when you do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just go out and kill it. Then I just go do my <laughs> stuff. I show up you know, I and, and I show up with this attitude. It's like, um, you know, through growth now, I've come to the point where and this is one of my mentors always talk like this, but I get it now at 52. I finally get it. He just says the key to life is show up, pay attention and know that God's got way more invested in this than I do. Right. And so and so the, that journaling frees me. And then at night, what I do 
is I kind of do a repeat mm-hmm. with, I just make it real simple at night when, you know, I do this maybe an hour or two before I go to bed. I just write down what went really well today. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can call it three wins or harvest the good or whatever you want to say. And what sure. I find that that really helps with is like on great days, like, you know, today's been a great day already. I've got to be on your, your yeah, show. It's been you know, a great I did day some for me too. Things. It's, so, so this is going to go right in there, but right. what's really helpful is when you have a bad day, which mm-hmm. they all, they do come, don't they, Rebecca? They, Even well, with this wonderful attitude, we can still have some bad days, oh, right? absolutely. Absolutely. And when we do have a bad day, it doesn't seem as bad, does it? When you have, and, Not, your, and your frequency yeah. is in tune for receiving grace. Yeah. And when you write down three wins, especially yeah. on bad days, so like I can literally joke and uh, that I've been on like this winning streak for years now and that I really haven't had a bad day because at the end I've kind of reframed it by writing down what went really well. And if you right. do that good days and bad days, that little journey practice all by itself will really help our business listeners who have who are busy trying to find people to work for them, trying to move into this new economic opportunities post pandemic sure. and just all the crazy stuff. You unclog those pipes on the inside and you can get the work done on yourself and on your business that lets you serve the people that you dreamed about serving when you got into your business in the first place. Absolutely, a thousand percent. Again, I concur wholeheartedly because it is all about serving. You know, we are here to serve others and to help others. And as we elevate ourselves, I do personally believe it's a duty that we have to help other people start feeling as good as we're feeling, right, Brian? Um, Amen. Amen, right? Um, So one thing, let me see. Um, We talked about everything, but how do I overcome fear, guilt, shame in order to break through my limitations in my business and life? And I think your practice that you just shared with us was absolutely a huge part of it. But is there anything else that you recommend while you're helping the entrepreneurs, the small business owners, you know, basically own it, you know, create their own realities because of the way they look at things. Yeah. And I talk about fear, guilt, and shame, and I like to call them the unholy trinity, but those are basically- the unholy trinity. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Because because it's the opposite of, right. of love, fear, guilt, and shame. It's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And it's what's in, 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 basically we all have to deal with those things and you can make them really simple. Like fears can simply be is the fear. I don't have enough. Right. Guilt is I don't do enough. And, you know, I'm I'm guessing every single business owner is listening and thinking, geez, I should be doing something else today. Or, um, you know, there's always more to do. And then shame is just, I'm not just not good enough. And that, and so we react to somebody and maybe they don't buy, they don't buy our products and we make it all about us. Oh, I'm a terrible person or I, I suck or I'm really struggling. So those are those three things in I've got chills. I have to tell you, Brian, I have chills and I have to tell you why a girlfriend of mine, we were in a mastermind session recently and what you just said about shame that I'm not good enough. And she is, she's a lender and she's actually one of our sponsors of our show. And she was talking about how she, even though she has record breaking, everything is still down deep. She doesn't believe she's good enough. And that is common with most of us that are entrepreneurs, I think, because we're out there trying to achieve and prove something to somebody. And who who are we proving what to? Well, it's probably somebody from our past, right? Some pain (laughs) that we've had. So, uh, you know, I could, uh, yeah, I know know why I worked so hard with it and lived in shame. And so that's a whole nother story too. But it's like, we can, in the Centering Prayer, we'll reveal those things to you too. in the journaling, if you do the deep dive and like, you know, like I always say that the key to growth is um, 
you know, you can lie to other people. And by the way, you shouldn't lie, of course. Of but course not. You, if, you, if you're going to lie, lie to somebody else. Never lie to yourself mm-hmm. because all progress begins when we tell the truth about ourselves. I could. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so uh, we, we want to open ourselves up. And, you know, and if, and if you don't deal with fear, guilt, and shame, you end up projecting that on other people. And, and that's where the coaching comes in. I mean, it, I mean, we're talking about spiritual concepts when you say fear, guilt, and shame. Sure. But it doesn't matter what religion you are, you're no. going to experience those things. And what they prevent us from is, you know, the, when we think about what it means to be a, a leader, a business owner, an entrepreneur, um, you know, we have to manage our time. Mm-hmm. We have to manage our energy. Mm-hmm. We have to manage our ability to deal with anxiety, stress, and complexity. Mm-hmm. And just those three things, fear, guilt, and shame, just blow those things off off the off the chart. So we never take a break. So all we do is jam our calendars up. Um, we lose energy because we tolerate stuff that we shouldn't tolerate. Mm-hmm. We don't take care of ourselves. And then we don't have any way to deal with stress, which comes from fear, guilt, and shame, other than doing and that's where addictions come from Absolutely. and even workaholism can come out of that too which is the every entrepreneur's a, addiction a of choice right probably mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. but, but what that does is if we want to be effective as sales people um, service providers we have to master be able to master language the words that we use the way that we engage our clients our staff and we need to know how to exercise power effectively. I don't mean power in an no. evil way, but just if you own a business, you have power. Sure. And so you need to learn how to use that to be an ambassador of abundance. So if you don't get those first three things right, time, energy, dealing with stress, Forget your about words it. end up being toxic and mm-hmm. you're, you can become a jerk of a boss to it. <laughs> and then, and so spirituality, um, that journaling and I would say the silent meditative prayer, that's going to break open that fear, guilt, and shame. And you'll get that experience that I'm fully loved. Yeah. And that's the antidote for those things. It's acceptance. And like, you know, like, like your friend, um, maybe struggling with shame and not, not being good enough. You know, one of my favorite cures for that. And it's real, this is just this little prayer that you can say, and the prayer is great. It's, um, it comes from, um, um, it was a Catholic spiritual writer. Name was uh, Macrina Viter Cole. It's Lord, help me believe the truth about myself, no matter how wonderful it is. Oh, I right, love right. that. You didn't, you didn't, yeah, you didn't think I was going to say that last no, part, right? I it's love like that. I'm going to share oh, that with her. Too. I'm going to share yeah. that with her for sure. And um, you know, quite honestly, it has just been such an honor and joy to share time with you this morning, Brian. Before we log off, I need to share because I want people to know how to get a hold of you yeah, in yeah. the event that they're interested. And there's you have um, that tree link that I can yeah. share with everybody. You offer information on centering prayer, your coaching and consulting. Your podcast is Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations, and you have a lot of wonderful topics because I checked those out. And Coaching for Pastors and Spiritual Leaders YouTube channel. You have videos on YouTube channel as well. And before we go, um, so people can find you at uh, linktree forward slash Brian Russell. I did ask you about uh, charities that you enjoy, and Hope Partnership was one that came up. So if you don't mind, I don't want to, I love charities and I think it is incumbent upon all of us to give back when we can. 
So can you share with us about hope? Because obviously you're in, in Florida. Maybe that won't help people here in Arizona, but I bet you there's other organizations like Hope across the country. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm super excited about Hope Partnership. I mean, I'm guessing some of the listeners have probably made it to Orlando to go to like Disney World or something, mm-hmm. or maybe you go to the one in Pasadena. I don't know. But if like if but Hope Partnership literally exists in the shadow of Walt Disney World's huge resort, and there's an old road in um, Kissimmee, Florida. That's where Disney is called 190. It's just State Road 192. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially it's this old tourist trappy kind of road. If, if people have been to Orlando, they've either been an international driver 192. It's just these classic um, um, tourist traps. And what happened post Great Recession is, you know, the housing market blew up down here and there was a huge problem with homelessness right, right in the shadow of Disney. And I'm not saying anything bad about Disney, no. I'm saying this, but it's just, it was just ironic and all kinds of families lost their homes. And a lot of them still are out of those homes, even today, 10 years later. And they had to move into the old mom and pop hotels on 192 and the little kids were living there. So it was basically just homeless families. And so Hope Partnership was, was, was started by uh, one of my former students, a pastor that I knew that just had a huge heart for the homeless. And so she started raising money. And so oh, she's awesome. raising money to actually buy existing sort of rundown hotel properties that are older and rebooting them into um, affordable housing for the impoverished poor people that lost their homes even a decade ago and, and work to transition people into jobs so they take care of the poor in central florida so it's a really great charity and, oh. and, and and rightly they've begun to gotten some national publicity because uh again it's just this this, um, this well we're hearing um, about this, it coast to coast yeah. brian i mean it's happening yeah, definitely yeah. in california i hear horror stories i grew up in san francisco so yeah. i hear about how you don't even want to go back to visit anymore because of the homeless problem that they are encountering over there and it's definitely something close to my heart being in real estate i i do personally believe it's a travesty today that my own children probably won't be able to buy a home unless things yeah. change so hopefully change is on the way for real estate and uh for people that need affordable housing housing. And one last thing before I go, because I thought this was kind of cool. I was stalking your Instagram and there was a post. If you, if your life were a book and you were the author, how would you like your story to end? And I thought that was a really cool uh, post or meme that you had posted. You know, obviously we're talking about your book today. And uh, so I have to ask you the question, Brian, how would, if you were writing a book, how would you like your story to end? Yeah, you know what? I want my story to end with me being um, on the day of my death, having absolutely zero enemies Mm. and being known as a person that authentically loved his wife and his children. First of all, I'm I'm remarried happily and and I love my children and that I was a generous friend and that I literally was that ambassador of abundance to pretty much every person that I meet and that when people were in my presence, they were glad that they were in my presence. That's how I would like my story to end. Mm. Awesome. Well, I just got chills listening to you and I really enjoyed our time today. And if anybody wants to read your book, I believe it's just now coming out for purchase. How can people find your book, Brian? 
Yeah, it, again, it's Centering Prayer. Uh, sitting silently in God's presence can change your life. It's available for pre-order on Amazon. Okay. And if folks would like to get information just on how to do the practice, they can go to a landing page that I've created, centeringprayerbook.com. And if they sign up, give me their email, I will send them some information and get updates. It officially releases on um, sorry, September the 14th of 2021, but it, it is available for pre-order now on Amazon. So thank I you for the opportunity, it. Rebecca. Of yeah. course. Well, have a blessed day full of abundance and love. And yeah. uh, I look forward to seeing more from you, Brian, in the future. I'm following you on Instagram, buddy. So don't be surprised if I start chiming in on some of your posts. No, it's great. It's been a real pleasure to meet you. Thank you for the work that you do. And again, just uh, thank you for the opportunity. And thanks for everybody for listening today. It's been a real pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. Well, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed Brian Russell's energy, everything he had to say about the love of God and being an ambassador of love. And, you know, if we all just walked around all day long being kind and loving to anybody we came across, can you imagine what a better place this world would be? That said, if you want to check out Brian's book, like he said, it's on pre-order on Amazon right now. It'll be available come September. But in the meantime, if you check him out on his Linktree link, which I'm sure Fry can show you right now as we are going through this, it's just basically Linktree forward slash Brian Russell. And there's a link for everything that he does, including if you're interested in business coaching. I have a feeling if you've got a small business and you're an entrepreneur, you should check him out because just about anybody, if they don't incorporate some form of meditation or prayer into their daily lives, can certainly benefit from it. And I hope you'll check it out. What a great show. And thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. Otherwise, we'll have another show for you again right here next Monday at 11 a.m. Arizona time. I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day Every, every single day